To episode 125 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I am your host, Jim. I do the odd episodes, odd indeed. Also what we call the weekday episode and also what we call the spotlight episode. You just heard Silly Relish sing that entry song saying it is the spotlight. So we'll go with the spotlight. And what I have for you tonight are two of the books. Only four came out this week. I'm going to do half me and Brandon will do the other two on Monday when we do the next podcast. Um, And I ended up picking Spider-Ham number one and Doctor Strange number one to talk about tonight, which is odd because I ended up reviewing incoming number one but I want to save that misery for Brandon as well. I don't want to do that all by myself, or I might end up crying. Uh, I'll tell you where you can find us. We're on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. If you follow us, we'll follow you back. Unless you don't want me to, you can tell me not to, and then I will just to see what you're up to. We also have a website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we review almost every book each week. This week, we reviewed all four I told you I did in coming number one. Most reviews come out on Wednesday, New Comic Book Day at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We also have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can go and support us for as little as a dollar for this show, our DC show, or both, and also get a bunch of shows each level that you go up. You get more and more shows. You can go over and check that out at Weird Science. What did I say? Patreon.com slash weird science. I'll have that in the show notes as well. And one of the big things this week, usually we have a spotlight episode where two of the books picked by the bad butts of the Fresh Start crew, beep boop, end up being there as a Patreon only. We only had four books, so we're going to talk about all the books on the regular show. So what we're going to do for the Patreon account is have our year end award show. The best of 2019 from Marvel Comics show where me and Brandon will go through our favorites in a bunch of categories. And if you want to listen to that, you just have to go over and subscribe over at uh, patreon.com slash weird science. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't feel very well. The holidays always get me down in a sick sort of way. It's not like I'm depressed, really, but they always end up making me sick. And I got the flu shot and I want a refund. I demand a refund, I say. You make me laugh. Oh, do I? Uh, how how dare you? But I, uh, I I just don't feel good, and it stinks to not feel good, especially when you have some time off for the holidays, and you're just stuck in bed, you know, drinking your soups and your things. Also, I started, maybe it's because I started a two-week fiber-type deal where I've upped my fiber, which has ended me uh, going into one of the rooms in the house 
and it's not the pantry. I'm stuck in one of these rooms, I'll tell you, and it's it's not been fun. But it's supposed to be good for me, so we'll see if that works out. But I'm going to start with Spider-Ham, number one, Peter Porker, The Spectacular Spider-Ham, number one, written by Zeb Wells, art by Will Robson, colors by Eric Arcinega, and letters by VCs Joe Caramonga. And I'm just going to go right into this. There's no recap, nothing to tell you what happened before because... This is a number one, dummy. See there? And you start off with an origin story that's done in a very classic way. The art is very classic. It looks great. It really does. And part of me wondered, you know, kind of, hey, is this going to be the art throughout it? Uh, Because I kind of wanted that. But we didn't get that. You just get the origin. And if you don't know the origin of Spider-Ham, May Porker, a pig... And and that's not shaming anybody. Seriously, I'm not body shaming. She is a pig. I mean, she's a pig. Uh, she ends up becoming a, a radioactive because she sits down in what she has made, the first atomic-powered hair dryer, ends up getting zapped, becomes radioactive, and then goes in the corner and bites a spider, that is, Peter, and then he ends up transforming into Peter Porker, Spider-Ham, he ends up figuring out that he still has his spider abilities, then ends up using his smarts and what is a weird clamp deal, a vice is what they call them, on his desk. I don't know if most people have vices on the desk. My biggest vice is is probably doing too many podcasts, right? Is that my vice? I know a lot of people have other vices. Maybe my vice is eating too much crap and not eating enough vegetables and then having to go on a fiber diet that sends me into not the pantry is what happens not the pantry another room in the house that's my vice Uh, he ends up making the web slingers he makes costume he's spider ham and that's where we go into the present and the present is modern looking art that looks awesome it really does and he ends up going and joining in with a big fight doesn't really join in. He kind of goes there and talks to the scavengers who are fighting Moltron. And you're going to get a lot of these anthropomorphic characters in this. This is Earth 8311. And that means that you get such characters as Ant, Ant, and Pigeon, not Vision, Pigeon, and Thur, T H R R Thur, who is a dog Thor. That he's probably my favorite look. He's from Arfgard. Get it? That's that's the jokes. And if these are the sort of things that tickle your fancy, like they do mine, then I think that you'll really like this issue uh, because that's what you pretty much get in this one. You get the eight three one one. You get a lot of fun going on. You also have Squawk Eye, Captain America, Quacksilver. You know, these are the jokes, people. And you end up with. Him kind of going and talking to the scavengers and saying, hey, what's going on? You're fighting that that Moltron, huh? That's not that fun. I'm a dimension hopping spider ham, and, and I end up doing a lot more than this nonsense. So when you end up having something to do with, you know, dimension hopping and interdimensional threat here in New York City, uh, call me because then I, I might help you. That's kind of my thing. And they're so annoyed with that. Everybody in this issue is just annoyed with Spider Ham uh, as they end up taking down Moltron. 
He just says, all right, that's fine. Call me if you need me. Interdimensional stuff. Remember that. That That's the key. And you end up having uh, Captain Americat just basically, you know, don't call us. We'll call you. And he leaves. He goes back home as Peter Porker. Now he's not in his costume as he goes back to talk to May, uh, May Porker, who is making a pie that Peter just grabs and he starts eating. And she ends up having to call the hospital and saying, huh, the bake sale's over. Uh, Peter ate the pie. She wants him out. She doesn't want him living there. This is not her nephew. This is a spider that she bit. And he uses that to his advantage and says, well, as long as you're guilty because of what you did to me, I'm going to be living here. Now I'm going to go go to sleep, catch some Z's, smell you later. And when he wakes up in the morning, he goes off to work at the Daily Beagle where he is a photographer. And you end up having J. Jonah Jackal yelling and screaming as he does and saying to Peter Porker, why are you giving me pictures of a caricature of Spider-Ham and he's holding up a picture of Spider-Man and that's where Peter Porker says well they call that a human and there's an entire multiverse of them out there but I'm the only one who really knows about it so it's a pretty big thing and you have Jay Jonah he doesn't care he wants Spider-Ham and Spider-Ham only and that's where Peter ends up saying well we can talk about the non-negotiable fee that Spider-Ham is set up and remember you have to Make the checks out to me that whole deal And as this is going on what Seems to be going on outside Seems to appear is an Interdimensional threat in New York City so that is his thing He ends up going off Getting his costume and now Spider-Ham is on the scene He ends up running into Deer Devil who He says hey Deer Devil you see that thing Going on oh my I forgot that you're blind I'm sorry and Daredevil is just mad at him because everybody is. And he then gets hit by something that turns him into a black and white character. Very classic looking, almost like a Steamboat Willie version of himself. And that's where Spider-Ham says, hey, you look just like that part of Wizard of Oz that I always fast forward through. Obviously, the beginning, if you know, or maybe the very end, but more the beginning. And that reminds me because when my wife ended up they had one of the wizard of oz anniversaries i mean by this point it's probably the 780th year anniversary okay, right? right and uh they ended up having it in the theater again and my wife took my son my oldest son alex to go see it and he was all pumped up to see it actually and the beginning started my wife then revealed that she had never seen the wizard of oz which infuriated me because it's one of my favorite movies of all time okay, and that and uh, star wars new hope and she ended up leaving the theater just like spider-ham would but you end up where this black and white version of dear devil doesn't want to hear jokes says no jokes no more jokes ends up grabbing spider-ham spider-ham says oh man you must like pressed ham uh, and ends up throwing spider-ham off the building where he goes And he kind of falls into some garbage. And that's where you see a lot of other people being turned into these black and white versions, some cops, but also Hulk Bunny you get. And also Thang, Thang, they say, uh, and he is being possessed as well. It seems like somebody is possessing these characters as they turn into these black and white versions. Now, he doesn't know what's going on, but he's got to get out of there to see 
if maybe he can figure it out. He wants to call the scavengers. They're not answering his call. So he heads off to scavengers mansion where the unhumanity is ending up gathering. And that is Mooster Fantastic, the submarsupial black cult. You have, again, the second time that we're seeing Iron Mouse, but also Croctor Strange. He a crocodile. He's a crocodile with a mustache and the bee yonder. And what they're doing at this point, they're trying to figure out what's going on. And with that, they're trying to fix the broken dimensional travel watch that Spider-Ham used. In his travels, they're trying to fix it and saying, do you think that he knows that we have this? You know, we have it, we're fixing it. Does he know that we're going to use it? And that's where Spider-Ham shows up and says, hey, guys, you know, my best friends, how are you guys doing? But if I just heard you, and if there's a, you know, a dimensional hopping adventure, that's all me, not you. That's my thing. I'm going to do it. And they end up saying basically what they think of him because he says why in hog's name wouldn't you come to me why wouldn't you come to me when there's a interdimensional thing going on this is my thing and they pretty much go down the list and each of them just goes down about what they hate about spider ham including such things as when you eat tuna fish sandwiches you say i hope this isn't your mom and that's from the Namor character and, and that's not very nice and it's the submarsupial and you also end up them saying he has poor hygiene he ends up he he fell asleep when they were fighting Dr. Doom he ends up uh, eating spy, uh, Iron Mouse's cheese from the fridge he also yells really and seriously when something goes wrong like he's the only one who's ever had something go wrong with it he ends up using Crocter Strange's YouTube red login and ends up looking up weird videos, all these things. And but the best is save for Black Colt, who obviously can't say anything or everybody would die, and says, You're so annoying that I almost didn't find a pen to write this note. It's all written down. And he says, I almost didn't find the pen, and I still was gonna yell it. I was gonna yell, You're so annoying, even though I knew it'd kill all of us and pretty much destroy the world. That's how annoying you are. I still was gonna do it. And you know, poor Spider-Ham, he starts crying. He's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't know that everyone finds me so obnoxious. He's there. He's in tears. And as this is going on, you then have Iron Mouse say it's not personal. Though then he says, well, it is personal. But, you know, we just don't know the risks of this. And as this is going on, you do end up having a portal being formed because the interdimensional watch is now active it's making a portal and that's where spider ham says hey you know what i I like to save the world and reality happens my thing and it's kind of okay to tell jokes they don't like his jokes you know but most important of all that is my watch he grabs the watch and then jumps on through the portal and he ends up there, and they're like, no, 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 don't. And it's funny, too, because you end up having Iron Mouse yelling, he ganked it, the watch, he ganked it. And you have Mooster Fantastic, I don't know what that means, as they're trying to grab him. He ends up going through the portal, lands on a bed, just as Mary Jane comes through the door and says, Peter? And that's where you see Spider-Ham 
then face to face with Mary Jane and the 616, and then the Unhumanati. I'll say, oh my, this is done. This is ridiculous. Oh, this is all going to end up poorly. But you have Spider Ham saying, no, 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 it's going to continue and this is going to be great. And then you see in the next issue, you have a cover at the end and it looks like you have a little Spider Man, Spider Ham team up. That is what this thing is going to be all about. And it's really good. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's very quick read. Something that even, you know, some of the younger set okay, boomer. might enjoy. Uh, so it's, it's just great art. The art is fantastic. I couldn't even tell you that there is anything wrong with the art. That's how good it is. It looks fantastic. I would give the art a perfect score. Because of that, I'm actually going to give this a 9.2 overall. And I will reveal that this is my favorite issue of the week. It it definitely is. And it's funny because I wouldn't have thought that Spider-Ham would have been that. I kind of rolled my eyes when I saw that it was coming out. I'm glad that there was so few books out this week because it kind of forced my hand into reading it and talking about it. And I'm glad I did because I really, really enjoyed it. I think that if you want to just have some fun and, you know, the story kind of gets going, you end up where you kind of set the whole deal. You want to really push Spider-Ham as being this kind of obnoxious guy who ends up thinking that the dimension hopping thing's all about him, and then he ends up. But it's more of a pretty much a walking tour of the 8311 so you can get some giggles before you head off to the team up with Spider-Man. And I think it was done very well. So I would suggest if you're even remotely interested, go check it out and grab it. All right, we're going to move on to Doctor Strange number one, Doctor Strange Surgeon Supreme number one, written by Mark Wade, art by Kev Walker, colors by Java, Tartaglia and letters by VCs Corey Pettit and there is no recap because again this is a number one this is a rebooted Doctor Strange still Mark Wade on it but this is the Surgeon Supreme deal and it looks like we're going to be jumping between being the Sorcerer Supreme and also being a surgeon and when I first thought what was going on in this book was going to be some magical surgery but right away Dr. Strange says that's not the case. You can't end up doing very precise surgery. And and this is basically the surgery that nobody else in the world can do. He says, I, I have my hands back. I made a deal. I end up being able to do this surgery. I'm the best of the best. And I told them, you call me when nobody else can do stuff and I will come and do it. And so this is very, very precise very dangerous surgery that he ends up doing and says you can't really multitask when you're doing this especially with the focus and everything that goes around with the idea of doing sorcery as well as surgery you can't multitask those two so it looks like he is trying to keep the surgery free of the sorcery And I don't know that I like that. I don't know if I'm going to like that. I'll tell you that I usually don't enjoy a book that splits time between a normal, quote, normal job and the superhero stuff. We'll see how it goes. But all in all, this book kind of splits in half between what goes on in the hospital and then at the half point you get, and a little bit before, but you get shoved over to more of a Doctor Strange bit And I like the sorcery stuff a lot better in this issue. And I don't know how that'll continue. But there are some neat things 
about when he is at the hospital for the surgery part where he ends up seeing a lot of people are affected by demons. There are some things clinging to these almost dead people. He sees these. He gets annoyed a little. Uh, It's really well done. I like when you end up having a panel or a page with a demon of some sort, you end up having the real world kind of go gray out black and white where the demon itself is full color, very colorful to show you what Dr. Strange and how he sees it. I think it's done pretty cool. He even sees the recently deceased and invisible demons who feed on grief and suffering. He goes through this and he ends up doing some surgery for a poor fellow. looks like he has a brain tumor that is inoperable except for Dr. Strange. So he is going to do this and ends up going and talking about the balance between the surgeon and the sorcery. He ends up having some neat little things where he says, I'm so busy now. I tried to find a a 30-hour-a-day spell. I don't think it exists, though. And he ends up even saying, and in a smart deal, I wanted to set up a portal so I could just kind of go right from the Sanctum Sanctorum right to my office in the hospital, but I didn't want things following me to work. You don't want any sort of craziness going from the Sanctum off to the hospital. He's trying to keep these separate. He ends up and he ends up going home after this night of surgery and says that was exhilarating i forgot how exhilarating that could be but i also forgot how draining ends up falling asleep as the cloak goes around him and he ends up almost like in a dream state in one page thinking about his origin this is a way to get his origin story if you don't know about the pompous butt that he was ends up in the accident becomes the sorcerer supreme goes then says i recently had a bargain with a demon that restored my hands making me a surgeon once more and away we go and so you end up i said i think that i like the sorcery part better though i kind of like the characters in the normal surgeon part as well he has an assistant kermit who obviously the way it's spelled out is allowed to ask one superhero question a day so you will get the idea everybody knows this is dr strange this isn't something that he's doing on the sly he's dr strange who's showing up for surgery and kermit gets gets to ask him you know what is a superhero question he ends up asking did you ever date the enchantress at this point and he ends up dr strange nope and then kermit says did you ever think of it he's like that's two questions you know our deal one cape question a day And then that's where Kermit says, but I asked you if the mindless ones are mindless, how can they respond to orders? And you never answer me. And he's like, yeah, I'll get back to you on that. And he goes and sees the other character that we're introduced here, Administrator Hagen, a lady who is kind of a nice lady, it seems. I mean, she seems very likable. She's a little disturbed that Stephen's office is a wreck, doesn't know how he could do that in two weeks. But she's there to say we have a new dean coming. The hospital is getting a new dean tomorrow. And I thought that you would want to know because it's one of your old friends. And I want to know what it's how he is. Is he a nice guy? Is he mean? Does he like this, that or the other thing? Maybe I can get a little inside info. It's Dr. Anthony Ludgate. And you end up having Stephen say, wait a second. Anthony Ludgate is dead. He shouldn't be here. And she doesn't hear 
what he says and she says what was that and he doesn't repeat it then because all of a sudden you have a code blue in the er and that's where they all go out and it looks like there's been a disaster and there are tons of people that are just shattered bones internal bleeding uh steven's going around looking at these people and says what's going on you know why are all these people they say that there are People lined up You end up having ambulances around the block Because of how many people are hurt Being brought in And they end up saying Didn't you hear like down down at the docks There is a building collapse In the Hudson Yards Buildings are just collapsing And that's where Stephen's like Yeah I think that this is time for a little Doctor Strange action And this is where I think that it picks up And this is where I liked it Because this is what I want I want some Doctor Strange action here, and we get it. And it's pretty cool. The art looks great. He goes off, and you end up having the first responders. They are trying to put out these fires. There's collapses, things like that. And pretty quickly, Doctor Strange realizes that this isn't a normal thing. There is residual magic in the air. And also, when he ends up seeing some of the the, the dead, they are transformed into monsters. Uh, they're flayed. They're just awful monstrosities. So he knows that this isn't just anything. And he says the eye of Agamotto sees all and conforms, uh, confirms there's definitely sorcery around this that has twisted and broken some of these people. So he goes and as he's going through the rubble, trying to see what's going on, a little girl comes out and says, you know, help my daddy, please. He looks, daddy's been flayed. That daddy isn't going to be helped. It's a flayed daddy. And he ends up not being able to help, but ends up putting the girl to sleep and so that she can kind of be taken away to a trauma unit and helped as much as she can. And so he's looking to see what has caused all of this. And he finds out then because he gets hit over the head with a pry bar from the wrecker. And it is the wrecker with an enchanted weapon. And Dr. Strange says, oh, well, you know, you're pretty much nonsense, wrecker. You're a mercenary destruction for hire. Not much of a challenge. Uh, you're using magic. You're using magic pry bar, which is kind of my thing. So you're really not going to be a threat. Ends up using the classic bands of Sidorak. End up enveloping the wrecker. And usually that would be it. But we still have a bunch of pages and it's not it because the wrecker ends up just destroying the bands and then attacking Doctor Strange. And it's crazy. And it's definitely crazy because he has definitely upped his game. He says, I traded up. Nobody's controlling me on this one. I am going to tear everything down. I don't need the wrecking crew uh, because I don't just wreck brick and steel. I'm wrecking reality, baby. And he's all, and he just hits Doctor Strange, who, and Doctor Strange is getting the crap kicked out of him, or at least, you know, knocked out of him by the magic pry bar. And he is down for the count. You end up having the record just grab him and drag him over to some rebar that's connected still to some cement. He ends up tying him with that very strong and then just kicks him into the ocean. He kicks him into the ocean as he goes down. You end up having the wrecker say, hey, I just made a magician disappear. What do you usually say for that? Oh, yeah. Abracadabra. And that's how it ends. And it's a really good ending. And once you get out of the hospital, boy, I had a lot of fun. And it had a lot of Doctor Strange fun. So I'm worried 
But I guess they'll be a good combination. I did like the beginning. It just wasn't as good as when he's Doctor Strange. Now, one thing I didn't mention that I actually really like as well, the way Mark Wade spelled it out, is he also doesn't use magic for these operations because he's afraid there is a cost of magic. We all know this. That is a constant in a Doctor Strange book. And he's afraid that maybe that cost would be shuffled over to the patient and he doesn't want to damn them that way. So I thought that that was a pretty clever way to do that as well. And I guess a lot of people, and if you're a Doctor Strange fan, I'm not a lifetime Doctor Strange fan, but maybe it's one of those that, oh man, it's so awesome to see him be a surgeon. Uh, Maybe that you'll get more of a kick out of that. I just want the Doctor Strange doing the hocus pocus and attacking when he goes to the wrecker and the wrecker is upgraded like this and it surprises him. And then with the cliffhanger of him pretty much going down with almost cement shoes, it's more of a cement backpack uh, and it's not even, it's a a cement front pack maybe, (laughs) but I I actually really liked that part. So because of that, I'm going to go eight, five overall. I thought the art was really good. I think this is a very good number one. If you, haven't been so pleased with Doctor Strange since the beginning of Fresh Start. And we ended up talking a lot of that run until, well, I say a lot, but we were talking about it every time it came out until the point where it just seemed to kind of backwards, kind of go against itself. It it would spell out one thing and then the next issue, it would kind of change. And it seemed as if that whole deal of him going into space, trying to find his way with the magic. I, I think that that was something that just got convoluted and it got away from Mark Wade a bit. So this is a reset, not just for people to jump on. I think that this is a full reset for him as well. Now, I, I did have some people say that it got better near the end, but by then I had, I had checked out. And so with this, I'm excited again. I think that Brandon would like this as well. Maybe not like it as much as me because usually he's miserable about things. You know, he lives in Buffalo. There's nothing good there. Uh, And so, but I think that he'll want to continue with this and we'll go with this each time it comes out until if again, it ends up messing up or we don't like it as much, but we'll see. But yeah, an eight five from me. And that is the end then of the podcast. And I hope that you all enjoyed this episode, this holiday cheer episode, a little late. Like I said, I'm not feeling so well. I feel a little better right now, now that I'm talking uh, on here to all of you. But I'll remind you all that if you want to listen to our end of year awards, and then from then on, if you would stay on the Patreon is what I'm talking about. Each week, we do have a spotlight where we talk about two books that's only on. It's exclusive to the Patreon. They're picked by the bad butts of the Fresh Start crew. Beep, boop. Uh, go over to patreon.com slash weird science. And I just ask everybody to check it out. We do a lot of things. You can check out what we do over there. See what you like. And each month, I'm going to put out a couple free shows as well. Kind of go back into the archives. I think right now we have over almost a thousand shows that we've had since we started. So I'm going to pluck some of those out, some Marvel, some DC, and put them over there for free. So if you end up wanting to check it out before you would want to pay, you can listen to some of the shows and see what you think. But that's it for me. That's going to be the deal. 
Thanks, everybody. And I'll talk to you in a couple of days when me and Brandon talk incoming number one and Venom number 21. But you know the bills are winning